We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, dude, you obviously in the wrong hood. This is my dominion. It's a drug-free zone, you understand? Yeah, man, that's right. We ain't buying nothing. Now, I'm feeling generous today. So I'm gonna let you get your side vanilla booty out of here before we be using your eyeballs as hockey pucks. Thanks, bro. But I'm not going home till I take care of business. See you later. District 5 Pee Wee Hockey Team. I'm Gordon Bombay. I'm the new coach. Afraid so, dude. Got the roster right here. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast breaking down the on-field action of your favorite sports movies. Brought to you by the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. It's finally Mighty Ducks time. You've asked for it, we're delivering. And to cover the first movie in the trilogy, I recorded in person, in studio, with two of the three hosts of the wildly successful Circling Back podcast, Dave Ruff and Will DeFries. If you remember, they joined me for an episode on Miracle a few months back, and considering they're both Mighty Ducks diehards and Dave is a lawyer... Uh, they were the perfect guests for this episode. Make sure you follow them, check out multiple episodes of Circling Back every week, as well as uh, episodes on their Patreon. Big news. We got Big Screen Sports merch. I'll link it in the show notes and on the social media accounts, but you can head to bluewirepods.com and head to the shop tab, first of many uh, Crash Davis-themed Big Screen Sports shirts. Head over, help me you know, support this podcast, and get a shirt to show people how much you love sports movies. As always, make sure you're subscribed to Big Screen Sports wherever you get your podcasts. We have episodes coming out every Thursday, and we're also on Twitter at Big underscore Screen Sport and Instagram at Big Screen Sports Pod. If you haven't yet, please take the time, leave a quick rating, leave a review. Um, you know, let me know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Let me know what you think about this Mighty Ducks episode and when you want to hear MD2 or excuse me, D2 and D3. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to covering those. But let me know about what you think about this episode and uh, what movies you want to hear coming up. Lastly, make sure you're checking out the entire Blue Wire podcast network on bluewirepods.com. You can do that after you go to that link to go get some merch. Uh, we've got podcasts for football, gambling, basketball, especially with season coming up. So uh, there's something for every sports fan on there. 
But with that, it's time to get to Dave, Will, and the Mighty Ducks. All right, joining me today, live in studio, in their studio, it's my guest from episode 15 where we covered Miracle. It's two of the three hosts of the Circling Back podcast, Dave Ruff and Will DeFreeze. Guys, it's a pleasure to be back in, in your humble abode. Good morning to you. Good morning. It's great to have you back. Welcome to the studio. Welcome back to the studio. And welcome back to this podcast. Guys, before we dive into to an all-time movie for both of you, uh, tell the folks who are unfamiliar, describe what Circling Back is and where can the people find it? I'll let Will tackle this. Describe the podcast, Will. Uh... It's hard. I always just say it's a general interest podcast. Some, I say lifestyle. Something happens on Twitter, we're covering it. Something yeah. we do something uh, out in the open, we're covering it. If do you like memes, we'll cover it. If you like we'll, dope we'll memes, but memes that have been around for a little while, this is a podcast for you. We got you, fam. But guys, today, <laughs> let's get right to it. We're talking about the Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks is the 1992. A child sports comedy film, a self-centered Minnesota lawyer sentenced to community service coaching a ragtag youth hockey team, grossed $50 million domestically, got a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, starred Emilio Estevez, Lane Smith, and a bunch of child actors, and good news for everyone who likes uh, premium television, this one is available on HBO, as are the two sequels right now. So if uh, if you want to watch it and you have HBO, go ahead. Guys, what makes a good sports movie? Dave, you start. I think it has to be plausible. Okay. Um, I don't mind dispelling belief for a little while, but like as far as sports go, I'm I'm kind of a, a hard ass about that. I need it to be realistic. Um, I, had I was that watching. Too. I I'll, had accuracy. Sure. So like, if it's historical, especially like we did Miracle, and I think it was fairly close. If they mm-hmm. do, if there's something happening in the sports movie that is above and beyond. As long as it's like a realistic road to get there, and as long as things look realistic, I'm willing to suspend my belief and just be like, all right, we're cool. Yes. Um, also, cameos from Dallas Stars legends. That helps. <laughs> That's something that I look for. I believe to. they were Minnesota North Stars. At the legends. time they were, they had not uh, abandoned the city and moved south for uh, greener pastures and a Stanley Cup, true. as it would turn out. But yeah. Um, I need I, I need um I need a story, not necessarily the rags to riches that we get in this, but I, I, I need some kind of underdog story. That that's always huge. So with that being said, guys, for you, I know that this is a childhood favorite for a lot of you. Is this a Hall of Fame, an all star, a starter, or a bench warmer? And I want to put in the caveat maybe if, if it, things have changed, what was it for you when you were growing up? What did this movie mean to you? What was it to you? And what is it now after a, after a recent rewatch? For me, it's a Hall of Famer. It's okay. it's in my top three sports movies with Miracle and Mighty Ducks 2. Man. I like Mighty Ducks 2 more, and it's just because of when it came out. But that being said, I think this is a better movie than Mighty Ducks just because even though it's kind of an absurd plot line, it's not as ridiculous as Mighty Ducks 2. And so I think it's a better movie, but I still like Mighty Ducks 2 more. This is definitely Hall of Fame. This is first ballot for D-Man. It has to be. Um, This, okay, like the the confluence of this movie dropping and then the stars actually relocating to Dallas, where I'm from, the Dallas area. 
um, got me into hockey. And I watched this movie religiously. And D2 is, I will say D2 is a better movie. And I think it's more watchable. But until D2 dropped, I was watching this like every other week. See, it took D2 for me to go back and appreciate the first one. And I think I was just, I was pretty young still. So D, I guess D1, I'll call it, wasn't really something that I was watching immediately just because I think I was like a year or two too young when it first came out on VHS. But then I got all the way in after D2 came out. See, I'm interested. I haven't, I don't think I've watched D2 as an adult. I always remember liking D2 more as a kid, being more into it. Um, for the, this one is like a high grade starter for me, honestly. Really? Yeah. It's like, I remember liking it as a kid, but not being crazy about it. And like rewatching it as an adult, it's definitely got its moments, but this is not something that if it is on TV, I'm a hundred percent flipping it on. I'm excited to watch it with my kid. I think it'll be a good one that you can put on for your kids. And it's not, it's not like it has an age like rookie of the year, whereas that movie is unwatchable now as an adult. Mm-hmm. This is still watchable, is enjoyable. I'm not breaking plans to see it. I think the the premium '90s children's sports movie for me is Little Big League. Okay, and and this isn't as rewatchable for me as Little Big League, but it's enjoyable. It's it's definitely not a it's not like a miserable rewatch. The only movie that I rewatched almost as much as the Mighty Ducks was uh um. Uh, why did I just play? Oh, Little Giants. I would mm. watch the shit out of Little Giants. I don't know why, but that was another one that I just like, I, I watched it relentlessly. I'm not sure I've watched Little Giants since like my 13th birthday. I don't think I've, I definitely haven't watched That's it. That's one I have not revisited. You have to adult. think it's terrible these days. I'm guessing Ice it hasn't aged well. Icebox. Uh, this one, I, I've got a right up, right off the bat. I've got a question. Who's the worst adult in this movie? So the, the candidates, there's there's early movie Gordon Bombay. I would say until like middle point in the movie, or at least a third, that version of Gordon Bombay. There's Coach Riley, and there's Ducksworth. Dude, you're not going to talk about Charlie's mom? No. In her I, big bag of nothing? I'm all for Charlie's oh, mom. Oh, come okay. on. Come Charlie's on. mom Dude, is she a had strugg- nothing. She's a struggling single mom. She's working that waitress job. You She's know. doing everything I'm she can. I'm not going to fault Bombay for his performance in the beginning of the movie because, like, if you're a if you're 30 and 0 and you're just like a power lawyer, you have to become a terrible person. And that's I don't even blame him. Like, he's a product of his environment. Yeah, he's a big law downtown attorney. That's he's a and he, and a trial attorney at that. Like, that's that's pretty realistic. The I know we're going to get to that I want to lob at him is. So there's like being like a shit human, like saying he, he sayings like some shitty things. You can tell he's a snob, but now I haven't driven on icy roads much, but if you get on an icy road, you're swigging beer, you're swerving, you're, you're a legitimate danger to society at that point. You're not just a dick. You're dangerous. And clearly a lot of, a lot of moving violations, this guy. Also, they didn't show it cause it's a kid's movie, but probably on copious amounts of cocaine, tons probably. of cocaine, that, that, that whole scene reeked of cocaine. Yeah, it did. Like you don't, I mean, I mean, driving <laughs> on snow, like it kind of inhibits your driving in the first place. And then just like chugging back a green bottled beer that will go unnamed it with a just win license plate, you're just asking for people to be looking at you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That being said, I think Coach Riley is one of the worst humans in it, sports movies. It history. is definitely Coach Riley. See, I don't think he's the worst until he tries to take out Banks. Up until that point, I was like, you know what? He's just a hard ass. 
Like he's not doing anything like illegal or anything like that. But then he takes out uh, banks and it's like, all right, that's cheap. Uh, for me, I had Mr. Ducksworth just because he fires a guy for doing what he was been told to do by him. And then I had Mr. Hall because in the final game, or sorry, Mr. Banks, because in the final game, he's still wearing a Hawks jacket and his kids playing for the Ducks. That was trash. I'm like, you're just an asshole dad. That's a trash move. I'm going to do so. I'm going to vouch for part of Mr. Banks' thing later in this podcast. Uh, brief question. Who would you guys rather be now? The, uh, the guy who played Goldberg, uh, whose name is escaping me. Something Weiss. Uh, Sean Weiss or uh, Jesse Smollett. The fact that Jesse is even in this, in this is shocking. That Wild. Is, when you were texting last night, I thought you were joking. Nope. Uh, but I'm going to trade careers with uh, Jesse. I think, I think gonna... Jesse can have like the, he can have comeback season. Yeah. I think, I think Goldberg had some good things happen after where he, that some people were trying to pull him out of the, uh, the weeds that he was in. But like, I'd rather shake a, a former drug addiction than be the guy who like did what Jesse did. Stage the hate crime? Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. Which one am I more willing to have on my resume? It might be, I might going forward be more willing to be Goldberg, but as far as what they've gone through in the past, I don't, I don't, Jesse Small, which is kind of a cop out. Either way, no one's winning right it's now. It's not ideal for either of them. Uh, David, I have a question for you. Is Gordon Bombay a good lawyer? Like on paper, he is. And you're a you're a man of law. Yeah. And um, like, what what are the courtroom scenes like? How do those stack up? The gamesmanship would not be tolerated in most courtrooms, where he has the judge calling the counsel to the bench, and he's delaying, and he's like, you know, talking to his client. Like that's some shit that mo- that's that's not a good move. I don't really understand what he was trying to do there. As he was doing it, like in that opening scene, I was like, what's the end here? Like, you're just being a dick. I was talking to a lawyer the other day and he was just like, you do everything in your power to be like, I don't know, nice to the judge. Yeah. Like you don't stiff him and, and do inappropriate things in the courtroom because you have to be on your absolute best behavior. Absolutely. And then, but you got to give him props for dropping some case law to the judge I need to, maybe I should have gone back and watched. They were talking about how that was kind of a dirty trick afterward. Mm-hmm. What he did was not a dirty trick. Are he you, just cited there to find loopholes. He cited the- a case law. Like, I mean, he cited cases. Like, that was, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Now, it wouldn't necessarily go down like that, I don't think. But uh, he did show the judge up, and that is a, a bold move. It's a cocky move. But he was 30 and 0 or 30 and 1, depending on who you talk to. So he was clearly a good attorney. Probably also a complete cokehead dickhead. Yeah, I feel like he would have, uh, a smart lawyer would have had better responses to those cops who pulled him over. Lights, please. Could you turn down the stereo? Sure. I guess it was a little noisy. A whittle? Okay, I'm taking you down the precinct. Breath, blood, or urine? No thanks, I'm full. <laughs> okay, out of the car now. Because I feel like you try to work your way out of that. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, he did not take the cops seriously. Not at all. Which not he should. All. Which I, I, I no would have thought a full. lawyer would have been like, okay, I've got a game plan. I'm going to get out of this. Before we get into the IMDb trivia, I've got a, uh, a small piece of trivia for you, David. You'll find interesting. Brock Pierce, who played the young Gordon Bombay, is now a super sketchy crypto billionaire. 
John Oliver did a, a feature on crypto a while back, and I'm going to say the same thing he said in his. Just Google Brock Pierce scandal, and, and you'll find some interesting things. He is a very strange dude. Oh, he looks like Elon Musk. I'm looking at him right here. Yeah. So I have an issue with that kid, that actor. That scene where Gordon's reminiscing about his childhood, skating around on the ice, and his dad's watching him. Mm-hmm. And they have like this like candid shot for that goes on way too long and he's making this like really I feel bad he's a kid, but it's just this really dumb smile. And it's I remember as a kid hating it and like watching it as an adult. I'm like, God, I still hate this scene. Probably smart that he got into to being a sketchy crypto guy instead of continuing on with acting. Man, I'm ex- I'm excited to go look into this because I had no clue. You'll you'll have to do a deep dive. Uh let's uh let's get into the IMDB trivia. Jake Gyllenhaal, who was unknown at the time, auditioned for the role of Charlie Conway, but his parents wouldn't let him do the movie, so the producers ended up casting Joshua Jackson. I think there's that's a, couple a blessing. Good ca- yeah, there's a couple good casting ones with this one. I think that's a blessing. I think, I mean, I can never look, I could, knowing what I know now, obviously, like, I can't really talk, but Charlie's perfect in this movie. He is. He is. We'll, t- we'll talk about Joshua Jackson. I think he was great. Charlie Sheen was offered the role of Gordon Bombay, but turned it down, and later on his brother, Emilio Estevez, took the role. I want to ask you guys later about that. Actors considered for the role of Gordon Bombay before it was given to Emilio Estevez, and I've got to imagine that these are people who they, quote-unquote, considered, but people who would never take the role. Can we guess? Yeah. Mickey Rourke. No, you've got to... Oh. Uh, on, one, two, three, four. Okay, uh, there's five, in, in, including Charlie Sheen. So that was my four. only guess. Will, do you have any guesses? I mean, no, that's hard. these are shooting for the moon. Arnold? No. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Bill Murray, <laughs> Michael J. Fox. No. Okay. Dude, Bill Murray might have been genius. Michael J. Fox could have been good. And maybe I'm just thinking that because he's like the same size as Bombay with the same kind of hair. They're very similar people. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. He he's also been good. like much better and more famous. Yeah. Bill like, Murray could have had a good Bad News Bears, Walter Matthau vibe. I would have loved, I'll be honest, I think the movie's better with all five of those guys. Well, I'll just ask you now, would you rather have Emilio Estevez or Charlie Sheen? Charlie Sheen would be coming like three years off of my uh, Major League. So it's that Charlie Sheen. Dude, I think they're, they're, they're too big for it. Like, I think it would be distracting to have Bill Murray behind the bench. Like, I, I just, I can't imagine it. I think Bill Murray's too disheveled. I think you would need a guy like Charlie Sheen could be good. Cause if you imagine him as like him in wall street and him being Bombay, like doing everything, it's kind of perfect. And he's legit funny as hell. I think the movie is funnier with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they were going to get Cruz or Hanks. I think this Tom movie is weird with Cruz. Post Top Gun Top Cruz. Cruz dealing with kids. I don't know. I, I no, don't. I don't want. I don't want Cruz in this movie. Yeah. When the Anaheim Mighty Ducks were added as an expansion team to the NHL, they were named after the movie because the team was owned by Disney. However, prior to the 0506 season, the Ducks dropped the Mighty from their name, now known as the Anaheim Ducks. Adam Banks is often referred to as a cake eater. This term is actually well-known throughout Minnesota. refers to people who live in the city of Edina, Edina, a suburb of Minneapolis. It refers to Marie, Marie Antoinette's an infamous let-them-eat-cake. Okay, this is the, the wildest casting one for me. I like that. Leonardo DiCaprio auditioned for the part of Charlie Conway, but lost out to Joshua Jackson. There was a world where Leonardo DiCaprio was losing to Joshua Jackson. He was just too hot for the role. He was, yeah. Assuming he was of age. I mean, 
That would have been awesome. Imagine if it was Charlie Sheen and Leo in this movie Holy together. Shit. A lot more sex happens in this movie, probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, what could have been? I mean, I'm sure this was a hot ticket movie at the time. Like, Disney movies were all the rage. It did well. It yeah. did. I mean, it, it spawned a uh, an NHL team and two sequels. So It didn't do badly. Uh, Juliette Lewis also tried out for the part of Connie, but lost out to uh, Margaret Moreau. Is that the, the most like underrated or not talked about thing in maybe NHL, maybe sports that a Disney movie inspired a team. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like it went from a movie to the team's name. That's like, imagine if like angels in the outfield was the birth of the angels. Yeah. Like, that would just be, it, it would it's be kind of mind wild. Yeah. Like, like sports franchises aren't just the like bad like news. A bears became a, a major league team. Yeah. What's the team in any given Sunday? The sharks. The sharks. Dude. I mean, like, I can't wait to talk about any given Sunday. <laughs> Are you, do you have somebody for that? Not yet. I love. Dude, you should any try to get Sunday. Jamie Fox. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty. He's pretty reachable. Yeah, you Texas. should get him. Yeah, he's. I'll, I'll get him. But yeah, pro football is too. The between the replacements and any given Sunday, like both those movies go hard. Yeah, yes. you're right. Last bit of trivia, and I love this. The original premise of Mighty Ducks was much darker. Very little comedy about an ex-NHL player turned alcoholic who seeks revenge on his old coach by coaching opposite him. The main idea stayed when Disney bought the rights to the movie, but some elements were changed, such as Bombay is now a lawyer who never played in the NHL, who must do community service for a DUI, including much more emphasis on comedy and downplaying most of the adult themes. So there was an alternate universe where The Mighty Ducks was a dark movie. Uh, they should remake it as such. No, they need to make D4 where it's just them playing in beer league together in Minnesota, all fighting their personal demons. And like, there's just a bunch of like after game scenes where they're just getting hammered in bars together and getting in fights. That's what I've always wanted. Just I would love an alternate mighty ducks where it's dark. Yes. Where it's real dark. Yes. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I would especially so more class that. warfare with like the Hawks, like the little, you know, privileged ass kids. That's where Charlie Sheen would have really worked out. Oh yeah. Charlie Sheen knows dark. He knows the dark depths. Let's get into the best scenes. I'll list off a few. You guys let me know if I missed anything. Gordon's DUI. The, the, basically, <laughs> the trial scene to the DUI is legitimate funny. Just win. The training montage with the eggs. Mm -hmm. Like the first time he's actually like giving a shit about the team. Uh, the scene buying gear, just because I remember being a kid and watching those kids be able to go to a sporting, sporting goods store and just buy everything and, and take the place over. Fully torched during that Amazing. scene as a kid. Amazing. Uh, the speech he gives to them in the classroom where they're writing, uh, quack, I will not quack at the principal. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just the final game. Did I miss any of your favorites? You missed yes. one of mine. Go ahead. Uh, when he's in Mr. Ducksworth's office, just like giving him the business. Quack, Quacking quack, quack. I am quitting just everything. Like, it's just great. And like when he finally tells them like, no, I'm not withdrawing my protest. And he starts talking about what it means to be on a team. I'm just like, yeah, that's what's up. Yes, sir. Mr. Ducksworth. Thank you very much. Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, 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 quack. Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, 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 Gordon, quack. Stop. Quack, 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 quack. You may have paid for this Jersey, sir, but you didn't earn it. I really enjoy the scene where the kids get into the, the scuffle in the classroom. Uh, under not talked about enough that somebody, uh, the little kid in the leather jacket, shoves uh, Connie. Shove a girl, dude. Anyway, when uh, they all just start quacking at the principal, 
whole in team unison. in the like, same class too. Yeah, it's whole a, wild. Uh, I was watching some of it with my wife, and she was like, "Oh, so they're all just in the same class?" She's a teacher. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like that. that that's how it happens." It's but. also interesting that they can wear hats in class. Apparently, wear whatever they want. Dress yeah. code wasn't a thing. Yeah, then. like these kids were wearing hats and stuff. Like we would have gotten smacked if we wore a hat in class. As T Man pointed out, uh, wasn't. Charlie wearing his jersey, doesn't he? No, rock? that's in that's in D three when he goes to the private school. He's just wearing his ducks jersey day one. Wow, it's really what unnecessary. A, what a statement! Yeah, it's have really you seen D three? I haven't seen. I've seen D one, D two. I think I saw D three as a kid, but D three is something that flew straight over my head. It's I don't not like Home Alone three where it's like terrible. It's actually a very. If you like the first two, it's watchable still. It's just over the top. Well, it'll get covered at some point. Yeah, it's just a little over the top. My favorite, I think, is the final game, just because it's the I mean, final it, game. It makes it's, sense. Yeah, it's a gimme. Uh, I do like the training montage with the eggs, but I have some questions about that. Uh, we'll get into most authentic, least authentic in a second. Uh, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Indochino. When Gordon Bombay was killing it in the courtroom, he was probably doing it looking sharp in $1,000 suits. Indochino is founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe to look like a high-powered attorney. Guys, you know as well as I do that nothing makes you feel better than when you're wearing a sharp, perfectly fitting suit. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. Everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they're affordable. You don't have to pay Gordon Bombay prices to get a suit to make you look like Gordon Bombay. Almost all their custom clothing is under $400, and the process is simple. You choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping's free. That's Indochino.com with promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear suits that don't fit. Go out there and look like Gordon Bombay. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by ShipStation.com. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. If you're trying to get some nice hockey equipment to a youth team in Minnesota, it's time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice to get those kids the sticks they need? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies you'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, big screen sports listeners can try ShipStation for free when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. 
Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in blue. That's ShipStation.com with promo code blue. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Now back to the podcast. All right, guys, for you, what were the uh, the most authentic and least authentic actual sports-centric parts of the film? Or just authentic with life in general, like Dave, if you want to get into uh, more law stuff or anything like that. Will, what do you what do you got? Honestly, I, did, I didn't have a ton here. Uh, for me, like all the jerseys were heat. Yeah. Like the aesthetics of everything were really good. Mm -hmm. Like just the, the ice rink in the middle of the town, the uh, small arenas that they were playing in. granted, they would never be that full, but those are accurate arenas that you would go to if you're playing youth hockey and stuff. And so all the aesthetics in Minnesota kind of feel to it. It was fairly accurate to like a Northern city. I've never been to. Are they in Minneapolis? They're Minneapolis. I've never been to Minneapolis, but I've li- living in a snow-ridden town for a long time. It's pretty accurate how it looked. The youth hockey vibes. Dave, did you have anything that was like glaringly authentic? Yeah, just the hijinks um, at the beginning, like the the poo and the lady's purse trick. That was good. That's some yeah. shit that we would have done. Yeah, probably did because you and your of the shitty movie. friends. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's pretty accurate. That's what kids were doing. Um. Most unauthentic, the least authentic moment, in my opinion. Teaching Fulton how to skate by roll, taking him to the mall to rollerblade. Not that is seems like the worst place move. to teach a guy yeah. how to skate. And bringing the whole team, too. I yeah. have a laundry list of like least authentic things. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll, so we'll get into that. My most is the addition of Adam Banks suddenly making the team unbeatable because it, it is nowhere more apparent than in youth sports that one player can make a team elite. That's true. That's true. Like it is you can you can take a it's instead of it is more realistic than Bombay just teaching these kids how to be good. It is it's more realistic to just add a add a star. Yes. Like my kid's soccer team has a player who could beat every team in the league by himself. He could play one on three and win a hundred percent of the time. And that's kind of what youth sports is like. I mean, that makes sense. <clears throat> I think um I'll move on. Never mind. <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking um, about something else. Sorry. Well, let's get into let's get into what work then. Um, I, oh, I, can I say my least? Oh, my yeah, least? yeah. What's your least? Uh, I have I have a small list. We don't need to expound upon these, but I had uh, like pretty much every hockey scene is just like they will take a slap shot and it will just like trickle into the net. Which as a kid, mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's accurate, but Banks is better than that. Uh, the fact that a triple deke is an actual threat. It's not an act. Like no one's doing that. Um, the goaltending is like the worst thing in the world. Like they are just terrible. Uh, girls being on the team. I don't think they were doing like girls, boys hockey at that age. I could be wrong, but like, it just doesn't seem right. The crowd size, which I mentioned earlier and the front page of the paper is not putting peewee hockey on there. That's, I've got a big thing about that. So not only is like the front page of the paper putting on peewee hockey, but there's that article about Gordon Bombay that is in every single place in in the in Minneapolis. That old framed article, it's ruthless. Yeah. So if if that had actually happened, they were actually putting Pee Wee Hockey on the front page. They wouldn't say Bombay misses shot. They wouldn't say twelve year old kid fucks up. Yeah. This team wins. They would say this team wins. They wouldn't. They wouldn't even. They usually wouldn't even do that for adults. If an adult like missed a shot or anything like that, it's brutal. And they just flame a twelve-year-old in the paper. I mean, I get that. Like, I guess that was the seventies. The seventies were different times, 
but uh, I still don't. I still don't see that lining up. And keeping the second place banner up in this like arena, you're not going to oh, keep that up yeah, for wish 20, 20 that some down. years. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, it, I guess it's kind of overlooked that. I mean, they still had an overtime period. To, they could have gone and won the game. Yeah, he he hit the post, but it's like that wasn't the. You know, there was other mistakes made throughout that game. Hypothetically, right? <laughs> it's like it wasn't like it was that was to tie it up. And it's not like a soccer penalty where it's guaranteed pretty much. Yeah. Like, I mean... It, At best, you're 50%. Yeah. It's still hard to make that. Hitting yeah. the post is actually like kind of like impressive as a kid anyway. And they just put him on blast. Oh, and Coach Riley's uh, pep talk before he took the, the penalty shot, that was the... That's not what... You would say the opposite. Like, the entire thing rides on your shoulders. Yep. Like, it's all... Like, what? You're supposed we'll to... We'll talk about Coach Riley. I He's, got I got so many thoughts. Also, why did the sporting goods store frame that article and have it up? Because it's like 15, 20 years. You can't later. forget history. Awful. Let's get into what worked, but I've got like okay, so the ducks are, are my question for you guys, are the ducks the worst championship team in anything ever? So they're 0 and 9 when Bombay took over. They lose I think they lose two games after he after he comes in, plus the forfeit. Like, so Ooh. So they're uh so they're own twelve. So that's that's twelve losses. I think between the one game they win to get in the playoffs and the play I think they win at most four or five games. I think you're right. They're well below five. Are they the worst championship team Dude, ever? Dude, the Blues this year. They won the cup and they were in last uh like almost midway point through the season and fired their coach. Um so they're comparable. But yeah, I gotta the say the Mighty Ducks technically did that too. Yeah for, for a game, fired their coach. He died, didn't he? I can't remember. Who's he had a the heart assistant attack. coach? Uh, his uh, driver. Is that his driver? Yeah. yeah. The dude's just wearing a leather driver. jacket over his jersey the entire time, just celebrating. And I was like, wait, who is this guy? I've his driver never... loved the 80s. Yeah. Good for him. That dude partied. Good for him. Uh, I thought Gordon's first lesson to the team being just straight up cheating. I, I thought that was very real. I, I think that's very realistic as where that guy's mind would go. Yeah. yeah. That's That's fair. What else did you guys have that was really that you en- at least enjoyed? Uh, for me, it was uh, Hans. <laughs> I think like at every local skating rink or kind of thing like that, you kind of remember who's like behind, like whatever behind mm-hmm. the desk sharpening skates and stuff like that. It being an old dude is like not surprising at all. And it was just kind of like a, it's a kind of a fuzzy feel good, nice thing. Like when you're a little kid, I just remember going into like, whether it's ski area or going and like skating, just having those like older people that, you know, you know, and you kind of grow up with. The funniest thing about D2 though, is Hans's brother playing the same role basically. Yeah. What the hell? I'm guessing Hans died. That's my guess too. And he does like the same thing. Like gets Gordon reinvigorated for the sport. It's yeah. Just, it's fucking great. It's like it's like the hangover two thing. Let's just run it back. Yep. Uh, something I wanted to point out. I was going to point this out a minute ago with my mind powered down. The look good, play good uh, theme. And it seemed like all they had to do, like you said, was go and get like new pads, get like actual gear that's competent. And it's like, oh yeah, wait. We can, we're like way better. We're not, you know, we're not out here wearing like fucking hoodies and shit. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if you, if you get a bunch of brand new equipment and stuff, it's going to make you want to play more and play harder. Yeah. I you mean, wanna, you want to play Materialism well. is motivating. To yeah. quote Mike, the situation Sorrentino, the recently freed, if you're looking good, you're feeling good. If you're feeling good, you're going to get good results. There you it's go. True. There you go. It's true. Look good, play good is, is definitely a thing. 
Uh, Dave, I already touched. How much did you love the Madonna cameo? I always forget about it until it happens because like, it just happened so suddenly. Did uh, you feel bad great. watching, like, knowing that those kids had their hearts ripped out when the team moved to Dallas? No, it kind of made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> actually went to a game the inaugural season, too, man. It was great. No, it was, it was an awesome cameo. Underrated. If you would take, if he you was such a stud. If you would have taken the team from like Kansas City or something, like I would have been okay with it. But taking it, taking a hockey team from Minnesota is just cutthroat. Yeah, and moving them to Dallas. Yeah, like that's Texas. just brutal. Now and they, that, that's they have when the, the wild started getting real bad too. So tough times all around for Minnesota at that point. It's not great. Shout out to my twins. Uh, one of y'all mentioned earlier that how good a job Joshua Jackson did as Charlie. I thought he, the heart and soul of the movie. He's good, and mm-hmm. he's a frustrating character for me. And I, I don't want to dip too much into D two, but like, I didn't. I don't like that he ended up taking himself out to become a coach in D two in the championship game. That's not what I want my captain to be doing. Mm-hmm. No, no, like no offense, but there are a million other players on that team that I would have been like, uh, no, we're not letting them play. Uh, how about the the cowboy with uh, a lasso on the bench? Maybe him. Yeah, he's a liability. <laughs> or like, I just like I love Charlie, but he's a little too soft and sentimental sometimes. But he's an old soul. Yeah, he's, it's also weird that he's trying to hook his mama. That's a weird thing in these. The same thing happens in Rookie of the Year, where Henry Roan Gardner is trying to get uh, Gary Busey to fuck his mom. It's <laughs> it's pretty uh, it's yeah. pretty unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember I being young and being like, "Man, I got I got to get my mom laid right now." Yeah, that was never on my mind. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing for for young children of, of single parents. Really, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a little overblown. But I, I like Charlie. I thought uh, Joshua Jackson. I thought he was the most likable kid. Yeah, for sure. When he won't, when he won't take a fall, he won't dive like Gordon wants him to, and like Dude, he takes a stand. He's like, "I'm not, I'm not playing like that, Coach." I told you, kid's got an old soul. He knows, yeah. he knows right from wrong. Also, his uh, sweaty mullet takes off his helmet in the game, and I mean, it is a grimy, sweaty mullet. Dude, it's it is great 90s hockey. Probably the best kid. hair on the team. I, I don't think there's much competition. I think Fulton's hair is awful. Fulton's is more like. Um, Late 80s, early 90s, like rock and roll guy hair. I feel like Guy Tremaine had a very similar flow, but that might be in D2 and not D1. Banks had a, a nice head of like prep school hair. Yeah, for sure. Private school hair. For sure. But it wasn't like a, as good of a hockey shag. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Banks agree. had headed to law school hair. Did y'all have anything else that worked? Uh, No. You want to touch on or do we want to get into... uh? Getting some stuff that didn't work. Let's get into stuff in, that didn't work. Yeah. But first, we're going to go into psychopath move of the movie that I was going to spring on you guys. Got a couple nominees. Uh, Gordon drinking and speeding and swerving on icy roads. Psycho. Psycho move. Uh, the guy who put his hand in the dog shit purse, flying his car around through traffic and chasing the kids like up until that fence. Dude, that Psychopath was, move. That whole scene was the most Home Alone inspired thing ever. Yeah. With like the sped up like orchestra music yeah. and just like the over the top and then the nut shot. You're right. That was the most Home Alone thing ever. You're right. Uh, teaching kids to skate at the, the mall. Psychopath move. Jordan or <laughs> Gordon quacking his way out the door at his cushy law job. Yeah. And it was like uninspired. He was even doing like a. Uh, the wing flapping. And it was like, if you watch him, he's not really selling it. No. It's like, what are you doing? But dude, imagine if, so Dave, say that like you did something, to, say you got like a DUI and Dylan and I were like, Hey man, you got to sit some, you got to sit some time out. How pumped are you? If we're like, you got to go coach this youth hockey team, but you're still getting paid. And we hired you a driver. You're pumped, right? That's like, amazing. Okay. Yeah, like there are worse yeah. things that could happen. Like I get to like go coach youth hockey. That sounds tight. Yeah. And hook up with this kid's mom. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Your wife would love that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like imagine you're just working at like a desk in that law firm and there comes Gordon out the door like quacking his way around and you're just like, ooh. I don't think we'll be seeing him again. Yeah. Oh, that was weird. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I truly think it's the guy who put his hand in the dog shit chasing the kids. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that's what was something. What he going to do if he Exactly. Caught I don't think that's something he thought. That's a dog chasing his tail kind of situation. What are you going to do? Fight the kids? Slamming it in like reverse. And he actually like, like slides on the, on the ice when he turns his car that's how fast he's reversing more dangerous a move than gordon's driving maneuvers yeah. gordon's okay. dui wasn't even the like the craziest driving move of the movie here's a psychopath move gordon's driver clearly hired to drive him around and he's a bigger guy in some aspects keep him safe when fulton's out there ripping slaps into traffic for some reason uh or at least facing the street and he smokes the van and breaks the window uh, the driver slams on the brakes and puts it into reverse and goes back into the eye of the storm. Like, what are you doing? You get the hell out of there. You yeah, don't you know leave. if that's a puck you leave. or a, a bullet. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Not smart. Ducksworth's got shooters out there. You got to protect your guy. You do. Yeah. That was a weird scene. Why is he facing that way? Why did I mean, like, just face turn, the other way. Turn around and send it into the brick. Yeah. Because, dude, he's a bad boy. He really is. Holton's a bad boy. What didn't work with this movie, guys? What was unrealistic? Uh, the fact that uh, Coach Riley didn't age a day in 20-plus years after... Like, he looks the exact same when he's talking to young Gordon Bombay as he does when he's coaching the Hawks now. He's the exact same dude. And he's the exact same as he was uh, as a uh, prosecutor in My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to point same that guy. out. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just optimized for the last 20 years. Coaching, Honestly, that's a common thing. Coaching, coaching kids doesn't age you at all. No. Apparently. Yeah. It doesn't cause you any stress. Great actor. I love him, my cousin Vinny. He's great. I, I love my cousin Vinny in general. If if law if if trial was like a sports considered a sports movie, I would. I my cousin Vinny is a movie that if it comes on, my oh, yeah. fiance can attest to this. Like, okay, let's buckle in. We're in for the long haul. It's, it's a, a rewatchable all star for sure. Marissa oh, yeah. Tomei. You've got to. You have to get to. Oh, just she's throwing a hundred miles an hour in that she's, movie. She's but heat. you have to get to the scene where she basically. Uh, Cracks the case, yeah. With the car, you have you have to get there. You're dialed in. <laughs> Pause um, attraction. How cracking all those eggs on the ice? That can't do good things for the ice. Can't smell good after a while. I, I, I know would, that you can clean stuff up, but like that's got to be just gross I ice. I think it would freeze on the ice. I think it would be disgusting, right? Like I think the ice would freeze it. Probably, you have to think so. And Skating that would be just annoying. Bu- if I was the if I was like the guy. If I was the rink manager, I'd be like, are you guys fucking serious right now? No, oh, I'd be furious. Get these eggs off here. Like, just use, like, a tennis ball or something. Idiot. Um, Just overall, like, the idea, y'all touched on this, but, like, that a town, a big town, Minneapolis, would take peewee hockey as seriously as they did, like... I get like Texas high school football, like in some small towns. It is huge. Dude, hockey's like Texas high school football you're, up there. You're right, but like the... They televise all the high school like championships just like they do with the high school games, football games in Texas. These are like 10-year-olds. But no, they, it should never be at the level. Like you would <laughs> never see two peewee coaches with their faces together on the front page of a newspaper with like a shadow between them. Like you're not pitting those two against each other. It's, yeah. not, it's not some famous Pat Riley versus... 
like Larry Brown kind of like big name coaches rivalry. That's like if they were if they the paper was was covering like your local little league. Mm-hmm. Like oh the Giants are playing the Braves in the championship. It just doesn't happen. Amazing stuff. It's a town divided. <laughs> uh, Peter, the, your guy who dresses like a biker, is pretty much he disappears from like the last twenty minutes of the movie. His last moment is when he walks out on on uh, Bombay and like gives him a shoulder bump and walks out. And I feel like that might be the last time you see him. You see him in the classroom because he shoves uh, Connie, right? Connie. And, but the, like I don't. Kid's just a dick. wasn't getting wasn't getting much PT apparently. Honestly, I wonder if he was like the least skilled of like all the actors because I can't think of him of seeing him on ice at all. Really, he was like, spending too much time in his biker gang. The yeah. only one, one, one of them the, that uh, actually skates well is Charlie. Yeah, like because yeah. and but you don't really see them skating a lot. I assume that they use their like yeah. One of the like one of the IMDb things I left out was that a bunch of the kids essentially lied about being able to skate, and so they had to train some of them to skate. And I'm. I'm sure that it didn't all go well. And I know the figure skater, they used a, they definitely used a double for her. Yeah. Part of me was just like, did they just find a figure skater and just be like, all right, you're Connie, you're Connie Moreau now. Mm-hmm. Now they, um, yeah, they, they, it was a double. I, I, I can't remember, uh, can't remember the double's name, but shouts to the double. What else did you guys have that wasn't, uh, wasn't on the up and up? The fact that they were going to redraft city lines in order for, like, after the for, fact for youth so hockey. that he could go back to the Hawks. Just like all that. It's just like, okay, you guys are taking it too far. Yeah. You don't need to be having a meeting in the top lawyer in Minnesota's office about like changing the city lines so that your P- your kid can play on the right peewee team. Like honestly, Banks is probably going to outgrow that team. Like it, he would go to a different team anyway the next year because you're not going to play for the same team throughout your entire like peewee career. He would get recruited. You'd yeah, go like play, you'd uh, go somewhere else. AAU ball. Playing, yeah, playing on some travel team. Yeah, that that meeting at the uh, at the lawyer's office was just a meeting of shitty adults. Yeah, just a meeting, <laughs> just a kind. It was like the meeting of the five families, but if instead of mob families, they were just shitty adults. <laughs> I don't know, like the actual like lay of the land when it comes to peewee hockey and stuff. So I could be wrong, but it just it doesn't seem feasible that they would do that just so one kid can switch for to that team for one year. I've got a problem with no one on the team going up to Jesse. And being like, hey, man, you got to fucking chill with talking shit to Banks. Yeah. Banks is carrying those guys. Banks had to literally practically die on the ice, get stretched off for Jesse to be like, all right, man, you're cool. Like, he just led you to the championship single-handedly. And Jesse the whole time is just like, fuck you. Where's your yeah. cap- Where's you. the captain? Where's the guy with the C on his chest? He's supposed to be. There is team. no captain on this team. Yeah, I was going to say, it should have mm-hmm. been Charlie, but he. Should have been that's, Charlie. Charlie's that's just not the, the lack captain of leadership until, from yeah. Bombay. That's, you got to designate a captain. You have to. Maybe no. He didn't think anyone had earned the C. But what if, like, if I'm Banks walking in and Jesse's talking shit to me, we're throwing. It's on site in that locker room. You got to go in there, and the dude who's talking the most, you got to put a, a a knuckle sandwich to his his face. Like, if if Prove I was a worth. coach and I heard the kids start calling like the new kid cake eater, I'd be like, all of you, shut the fuck up. That was a good fun fact about the cake eater that you you mm-hmm. provided because I always thought it was just like. Uh, Something like a derogatory term for just like a, a rich white kid. Yeah, it the sounded o- like a slur to me. Yeah, they <laughs> someone someone reached out to me one time because I think I said something about it, and someone explained that to me. I was like, "Oh, that's really interesting." I, I really like that the, it was had a local flavor. Yeah, like I think I that was that, a good touch. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys like just reaffirm something that I think happens, but I, I kind of zoned out at the end of the movie when Bombay gets on the bus. Where is he going? 
He is the going minors. to minor to a hockey tryout. Dude, uh, that Basil, is never happening. That Basil is yeah. never McCray. happening. Yeah. Basil McCray got him a tryout, man. Dude, there's he's not going he's not just going to go try out for the minors at that point. He's been a lawyer and stuff. He's yeah, out and, of shape. And with that, when did he stop playing hockey? Because it really seems like after he missed that shot, he was done. Well, they show Oh, so he goes back to the minors, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes. He, he actually makes it because that's how D two starts. Yeah, he's the Minnesota it, Miracle. I think man. he blows his knee out. Yeah, yeah, but it seems like, out. but it seems like he quit hockey when he was twelve. Can you imagine if you're like, say you were a pro anything, and the best guy for you run into the best guy from your little league, and you're like, hey, this guy was really good when he was twelve. I'm gonna get him a tryout, and the my, the best guy from my little league, I don't even think played high school baseball. Yeah, like it's just uh it's fucking bonkers is what it is. What, what kind of pull does Basil McRae have? I guess I know he's in personnel now. I just looked it up. That's the only reason I know that. But like he's like, I'll get you a trial. I go, okay, who the fuck's this guy? Yeah, it doesn't totally make sense. But it's a movie. That's true. Can I vouch for Banks' dad in a small, just a small way? Go ahead. Okay, so let's look at it from his perspective. His and just just his kid's perspective. So you've been playing. You're really good. You've been playing, but more you've been playing on this team for this coach. It's a good team, and these kids are your friends. Now we find out like, they're all dicks. Yeah, but they're your friends, and you find out because of this technicality, you have to go play for a coach. By the way, I one you've got to go play for a coach who is currently on probation, <laughs> is a definite cokehead. And a bunch of kids who are, are rude to him, don't like him, pretty hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say that, oh, it'd probably be good for him, you know, but, like, you would at least try to be, like, you would at least try to pull some strings and be like, hey, this is a technicality. He's been on this team the whole year. Can we just please come to an understanding? Like, and, But you would come out and say, this is just youth sports. This doesn't matter in terms of wins and, like, who cares? Because he could be like, yeah, Adam's going to take the take the Ducks to the championship anyway. It's more like, hey, my, you know, these are his friends. Again, this is youth sports. Agreed. We shouldn't care this much about, you know, you shouldn't be filing this protest just because you have this issue with the coach. Yeah. Now, where Banks' dad goes wrong is he's all about the Hawks and he's wearing his Hawks pullover and that's a shitty move. And they're way too concerned about youth sports. But if you're just looking at it from the perspective of a father trying to make sure his child is in an okay situation, there's there's small justification there. Now, he goes about it in a super dick way. Yeah, no, he went about it in the complete wrong way. Yeah. If he would have just gone in and played the sympathy card and been like, hey, we don't want to rip my kid away from his best friends. We want to, we want him to finish out the season here. If we need to move next season, so be it. But we'll figure it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, can he just ride out the season? We're in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. let's just ride out the season, please realistically what happens is after the season they just buy a place or rent a place in like the other in the in the uh the correct district so he can stay with the hawks like that's all that happens he just changes his domicile yeah uh what this is really about is the dad just didn't want to lose his social network like his Mm social that's a big deal all his clients all his clients were on that were were the parents of that team he's not getting any he's not he's not closing deals with charlie's mom no he doesn't have anything in (laughs) common with anyone on the ducks parents i wonder what banks's wife looks like I was wondering if there was a Mrs. She's, Banks. She's probably smoking. She's probably smoking. She probably hates her husband. Yeah. Yeah. She just sits at home all day. Just What actress, what actress do you want to play Mrs. Banks? Renee Russo. 
Oh, Ooh. I love that. That was just like right. I off don't know that. why that was so quick. It just makes sense to me. His tin cup was on golf she channel. Looks, well, she also looks hot in turtleneck sweaters, as evidenced yeah, by. I mean, uh, well, she's a sports movie icon. She did major league and tin cup. Yeah, she's pretty. How good. about this, Annie McDowell? She'd be yeah. good too. This oh, that's, right a, around, that's a really good this one. This is Dave. right around when Sex Lies videotape came out. So, that oh yeah, she would really be diversifying the portfolio with just, Sex Lies videotapes and Mighty Ducks. Let's just name hot early '90s actresses. I, I'm in. Marissa Tomei. Let's go back to her. Oh man, she's she was too hot. She was too hot. She could not. That mm. New York accent, she, yell she cheering for Banks at the uh, at the game. Mm-hmm. What if they went like complete wild card and it was like Rosie Perez? Oh God. Speaking of accents. That would have been amazing. No. Thanks, mom. They couldn't. Like, what? It can't be Rosie. That would have been a stepmom. Can't be Rosie Perez. <laughs> the movie could have used some Latin flair, though. Agree. For well, be- that's what they did in D two. Yeah, for best on screen athlete. So I, I put coaches into this. I factor coaches into this, and as someone who portrayed the, who correctly portrayed the person they needed to be, it was Lane Smith as Coach Riley. Did a phenomenal job as a youth sports scumbag. But prove me wrong. If we're going just athlete, like, just athlete, it's Bombay. He yeah. can actually. He looks good. He can. He looks good skating. He can. He looks like he is a decent athlete in the movie. Mm-hmm. And you can't really get a beat on any of the kids because they're too young to actually like. I mean, I don't know how to look at a ki- like youth and yeah. be like, oh, that kid's going to be a sick athlete. Yeah, I think sports movies with kids are kind of it's kind of a wash because kids aren't supposed to look that good. Mm-hmm. Charlie uh, nailed a hockey stop at one point. Like he was okay. He was he was good. After they came out of the tunnel and uh, they had to forfeit that game, that was yeah. a depressing scene. Yeah, Dave, would John Travolta have made a good Bombay? <laughs> was was he in the game? Was he a possibility? <laughs> no, but that just jumped into my head as he was looking for God. a comeback at that time. Oh my God, Charlie, oh, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie! Imagine him skating on the ice. I don't know why that popped into my head, but it. He was like he needed a comeback vehicle. He could quack, have, he, he, quack. <laughs> Mr. Duxwood, come on. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's fly into the Lenny Harris fly. Do you see what I did there? There you go. Uh, Lenny Harris Pinchair Award for Best Supporting Character. This is a movie built on supporting characters, and it's something I want to point out that good sports movies do. Uh, when, when a movie does this well, I want to point it out, because in last week's episode on We Are Marshall, this movie didn't do it well. Good sports movies make you care about... If, if it's if you're following a team, if you're not just following a single guy like a boxer or a golfer, they make you care about multiple people on the team. So anytime something's happening on the field, you've got interest in what's going. Like if it's a football player, you you know you know the you know some of the receivers, you know the quarterback, you know some of the linemen, etc. With this movie, it does a really good job of dialing you into all these kids, and you you're invested in everyone. You're invested in Bombay, but you, you've got all the kids have backstories and stuff like that, and you're at certain levels or not, you're invested in a certain amount where they can throw in someone you know on the ice and they're doing something and you're like, oh, I know that kid. As opposed to, oh, there's a fucking stranger who's handling the puck. So There's like one stranger mm-hmm. in the movie and it's just some random girl. Yeah, and She's the only it. one that has like no lines. She's just on the front of like uh, all of Bombay's talks on the ice. She's just sitting there like nodding her head being like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And she's also, the only one to this movie for diversity. Hear. Yeah. This is a very diverse movie in it the is. early nineties, but the, the pinch hitters I've got are, uh, Lewis, the driver, uh, played by MC Ganey, big eighties guy. Uh, Joss Ackland is Hans, mm-hmm. old Hans, Danny Tamborelli, the icon is Tommy. Uh, Eldon he came Hen- out of nowhere in the, in the classroom scene. Yeah, 
Yeah, Eldon Henson is Fulton. He's been in a lot. He's worked for a while, but unfortunately, I think of him as Foggy in Daredevil. Oh, see it. No, Daredevil I, on Netflix, which I really Fulton. enjoyed, except for him. I hated him in Daredevil. Uh, J.D. Daniels is Peter, who dresses like a biker. And then Sean Weiss is Goldberg. But, I mean, there are a million supporting characters in this movie. Do you know who I love? Who do you love? Uh, the Hall's dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's... Uh, he's Mr. B- yeah, Mr. Hall, John Beasley. He's all in. He's in Walking Tall. He's all in. When he the comes rock. in and he, and he like yells at Bombay, I'm like, yeah, dude, go yell at this guy. You mm-hmm. don't want your kids rolling around in the ice, fake hurt. He was the, uh, the big dad energy move of the movie, for sure. Okay, I don't remember this dude's name, but... He is in When Harry Met Sally. He's the other law- he's the other lawyer that hates Bombay. He's the, the district attorney or oh, the he prosecutor. Is? Yeah, that's uh that's Billy Crystal's buddy when Harry met Sally. Like he was in a lot of he 80s got the movies. mustache. What's his name? I don't remember. He was a good he was good. He was only in like the first couple scenes. Oh shit, yeah. He was in a he was a big eighties. Mary's movie uh guy. Mary's Carrie Fisher in When Harry Met Sally, right? Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget his name too. Does he have a mustache in when Harry met Sally? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, then, this this really should be like right up your. Alley. I should know this. Should, I should know. Should know this. To be fair, I don't watch Harry met Sally as much as some other Nora Ephron movies, so I try. I'm trying to think of anyone else I had for this. How about uh, Hans in general? Yeah, Hans. You yeah. said Hans. Hans is one of my favorite supporting characters, just because like kind old man. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with kind old men in movies like this. Uh watching it now, Goldberg just makes me sad. Yeah, it's tough. Goldberg, he's so bad at goalie, though, mm-hmm. that I don't feel bad for him. He's so entitled. Yeah. Like, he thinks that he should just be the goalie in all these movies, and it's like, dude, you're you're actually bad at this. And at first, he didn't even want to take the shots. Yeah. No. It's crazy. Jesse Smollett actually has almost no lines. I'm not sh- 100% Did they, like, sure know he spoke. That he was just going to turn into, like, <laughs> they, a piece of shit. They knew eventually. He was just a dick on set, and they were like, yeah, dude, take J- Jesse's lines away. <laughs> He's like hard to point out too. I I told Sally that uh, he was in the movie, and Sally was like, "Where is he?" Like, and it took me forever to be like, "Okay, there's a good shot of him." Right, just there. hanging around his brother the whole time. Yeah. Well, Jesse's I, the real star. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? When Harry met Sally, guy take it's got to be him. I can't it? find it on his IMDb. He passed away, by the way, in 2006. His name's Bruno Kirby. Um, I don't know. I just somebody could point that out to me on Twitter. I'll be if I'm wrong, but um. It looks like oh, him. Oh, did he pass away from leukemia? Oh, Jesus. Poor guy. And condolences oh. to the family. To the I Kirby's. Think, I think is I think is the uh, proper course of action I don't think here. he was in Mighty Ducks, Dave. I just, uh... Dude, you know he looks like him, though, right? Am I wrong? I know exactly. Like, it seems like it would be. <laughs> and this is my... I, I, I should have I should have dove into that character. No, that's that's but okay. I, but I didn't. Um, unpopular take from D-Man here. Um, was Han, does Hans kind of put off like a creepy vibe? Little no, bit. a little bit. Oh no, man. Why? I just he's just an old dude. Yeah, I know, but like he's been doing the same thing, and he had Gordon as a kid, like hanging out watching him sharpen skates and shit. It's like, oh come on, that relationship was real close. Gordon did need a father figure after his father passed. That's though. fair. That's well, a dude, great point. I, yeah, I I actually wrote that down. I think my exact <laughs> words were, um, I lost it. I don't know where I wrote this down. But yeah, no, that's how I look at him. I'm like, dude, that's like, he's always wanted to, uh, you know, appease Hans because that's his new dad, essentially. Let's get into the big chill moment, which mm-hmm. is the moment. Every good sports movie has that moment that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It's the iconic moment. I've got three. Okay. Three potentials. Gordon's speech to the kids in the uh, in the classroom. Good, decent speech. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, one I really, I don't know if it was big chill, but it was like a fuck yeah moment is when Fulton goes and flips that kid over the, over on the bench. It's tight. Like, Yeah, not chills for me, but like just just like fired up. Badass moment in the movie, and then uh, Charlie's final goal, which Mm -hmm. I think they they set up. Movie sets up for that to be the big chill moment. Yeah, just let him finish what he started. Coach, we have a chance to win. Damn straight we do. Come here. You practicing that triple deep? Yeah. Then you're all set. You may make it. You may not. But that doesn't matter, Charlie. What matters is that we're here. You look around. Whoever thought we'd make it this far? One, two, three, triple deke. Take your best shot. Believe in you, Charlie. Win or lose. Thanks, Coach. Go get him. I also think, and I mentioned this earlier, when they're when Bombay's explaining what a team is in the in Ducksworth's office. Mm-hmm. I, that that for me, I got chills just thinking. Then he, like, yeah, he's but then right. he quacks his way out. Yeah, he's, he he's, he gets on his high horse and then he quacks his way out of the office. He's so getting it's kind like of a the bad last, look. the last of the cocaine out of the system, and he's just kind of like, all right, let's that's like the, accepting an Oscar for best actor and like making a speech that makes people cry in the in this like audience, and then just walking off the stage like grabbing your crotch and being like, yeah, I'm the best actor in the world. Or like ending your speech with like Borat voice. I want to thank my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little out of character there. <laughs> Uh, I've got another Fulton moment when uh, the Hawks kind of accost them in an alley when they're looking at the swimsuit issue mm-hmm. and uh, Fulton comes out of nowhere and saves them, dumps them in the trash. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. They set up Fulton, at least with how he looks and how he just comes out of nowhere and does that. It's almost like he's the old man from Home Alone just coming to save them. But it sets it up like they'd ask like, Oh, who is that? Oh, that's Fulton. He's the neighborhood bully, but it's like, no, he's the prep school football kid. Yeah. And how he, old he, was he? Fulton looks closer to 17 than he does to 12. Yeah. I'm going to need to see a certificate. Oh, and D two, the bash brothers have like six packs and shit. Like they're ripped. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, maybe a minor chill moment that I, I honestly, I think I noticed it for the first time when they're in the hockey shop and they're going, you know, buying all that shit. And for some reason, this is before Fulton's joined the team. He's just there kind of hanging out, like following the team around weirdly. Like Gordon looks over at him and there's like this, like, I don't know if it's like a sword in the stone style exhibit set up, but it's a hockey stick and like a chunk of ice. And Fulton just grabs it for, I don't know if it's for Charlie, for, for one of the kids on the team and like rips it out and hands it to him. Tight. I'm like, what, what was that? You need that kid on your team. Yeah. We forgot to talk about one of the most unrealistic parts about this movie, which is full snapshots or slap shots going through the fucking net and then like knocking the goalie back into the wall. Yeah. Just not happening. It didn't. You could have had, you could have shown that they were very fast and scary without making it cartoonish. I think yes, Cause I that's totally the agree. only cartoonish moment in the movie. Really? Yeah. It keeps it plays it fairly straight except for, Oh, this kid is like young, happy Gilmore, but they doubled down on it in D two. Like it clearly was something the audience loved when they like tested it and everything. Oh, they yeah. were like, all right, ramp that up for D two. Oh, and by the way, let's things. add a knuckle puck. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. That shit well, never in, worked. in 1992, they didn't know this podcast was coming. Yeah, it's true. Future of media. <laughs> they, they did not know. 
Guys, do you think this would make a good 30 for 30? Like this story, had it happened in real life, do you think it'd make a good 30 for 30? Oh, for sure. See, I say no. Well, so, I mean, no one would ever care this much about it, so it would never get made. Exactly. But if they actually made it, it would be hilarious seeing all these, like, parents with, like, thick Minnesota accents, like, just, like, all this random footage from these games. It would just be hilarious, but I don't think it would ever... It's not feasible that it would ever be on anyone's radar. So this specific movie wouldn't, but I'm thinking if the trilogy had actually happened in real life, it would, because it'd be the story of this guy who... You know, coaches the hockey team made it to the minors, flamed out, but then suddenly started coaching the national team. I feel like that would have more of a chance to be made. You're right. But this movie in general, I don't think so. I don't think that gets what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, like they're too young. It's just too young. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. shit, like if, if this is gonna happen anywhere, it's probably gonna be in a peewee league where you can have, like you said earlier, like one player make all the difference. Cause that's that might be like the most underrated aspect of the story. It's like, dude, this is all kind of banks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is less Bombay. I guess it is Bombay because he kind of orchestrated the banks to the to the team thing. But like, this this doesn't happen without him. What you guys are saying is very valid. Mm-hmm. No, no refuting here, guys. How would you improve this movie? I don't know. Like i I would completely nix the uh, Bombay. And Charlie's mom narrative. It's just completely unnecessary in a kids movie to have that like a little romantic. You don't want to add a sex. Some might say it's gratuitous. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't need it. And clearly they didn't like it because they got rid of it for D2. And Mm. then Bombay starts piping the Iceland assistant coach. Like it's just a totally unnecessary plot. Yeah. Like other than that, like I think it's a pretty good movie for like the target audience and everything they need to do. With Bombay and Charlie's mom, you needed to quote uh, to quote Mike from Breaking Bad. No half measures. Mm-hmm. You either needed to go all in on that, and he ends the movie as Charlie's new stepdad, or not in at all. Yes. Yeah, because instead he just kind of ended it by kissing her, to and everyone's shocked. Like Charlie's sitting right there watching, like whoa, what? And then he gets on a bus to go play minor league hockey. Yeah. So now you've so, you've caused some more psychological dan- some yeah. abandonment issues yes. for Charlie. Yeah, no, but he did say we got a, we got a title to defend, so he, he's coming back eventually. But if you think Bombay's not getting into some strange when he's in the minors, like you're crazy. Oh yeah, I would These have guys rather are on the road all the time. Yeah, I would care. have rather. So I I want a completely different ending. I would have rather Bombay turn down a minor league tryout because he's like I'm I'm right here, my team's right here, some corny like that. But I needed something awful to happen to Coach Riley. The fact that he is an all time sports movie villain. I'm t- he is an awful awful human cuz he is the absolute worst in youth sports and caring this much about the sports and being that he has psychologically damaged damaged way more kids than Gordon Bombay with how he coaches and being the ultimate live through your players youth sports coach. I mean, he is the worst of the worst. He's the person Dude, you never want your kids to play for. Up until that, he wins though. It, Winning cures all, Kyle. But it doesn't, it does not matter. He is an awful, awful human. So already you needed him to be something bad to happen to him. And then he has his players hurt a 12 year old. Yeah, that's the messed up part. Tells kids to hurt. And the only thing bad that happens to him is he loses. And we've already seen that he can shrug off second place. Yeah. I like. Well, he can't really shrug it off. He still definitely holds it against uh, Bombay yeah, to this day. But I. Like I had, I would have rather had like something bad needed, like legitimately bad need. Like 
what if like the the team like Bombay is about to get on the bus and then you see Coach Riley getting perp walked and it's like we've got you for like tax evasion or something. Yeah, there's <laughs> like, some kind of there's some kind of like SEC investigation of him. Like he sh- he or like like he's taking underground payments from like the the rich neighborhoods. And I was stuff. thinking like Doug, he's somehow tied in with like Ducksworth and Banks's dad. Mm-hmm. Like they've got some kind of shady kickback scheme going. It's true because no one really knows that he's a scumbag. He has this like good reputation in the community which a lot of youth sports wins, coach, a lot of youth sports coaches do he needed i needed to see him taken down full if the movie it would be a hall of famer for me if he the movie ended with him being perp walked for something what bombay does in the courtroom he does on the ice with his little minions exactly in bombay he's like 30 and 1 in championships in his career and but bombay gets first comeuppance and then redemption Riley just ends the movie shitty. He's in the same spot and everyone still thinks of him the same. Yeah. I needed You're right. I needed something terrible. Yeah, I need like um I wish in D2 they got into like where the Hawks are. Mm-hmm. I would like to know how they rebounded from that loss. What if he got like crushed by a Zamboni or something? Like a It'd be like a, a slow like painful a, death. Yeah, something like that. I think that would that would make me happy. That would that would please me should there be a, a massive like a, a gruesome death scene. Yeah. It might have turned off some audiences, like the target audience. I don't think would have gone for it, but like him, like getting spun around in the Zamboni, like bones breaking, like saw shit. Coach Riley stunk. Yeah, the way he popped his collar at Gordon, awful. Dude, I mean, come tight. on, that's tight. Come on, that's so cocky. Awful. Hey, uh, not Bruno Kirby, that actor. It's a guy named Stephen Brill. Who? So the uh, the uh, opposing counsel. Okay. Condolences to the Kirby family. But yeah, that's still, he was in a lot of shit though. And this guy, weirdly, I was looking at his IMDb, Stephen Brill. Not only was he in D1, he comes back for D2 as a celebrity at a party and D3 as an arcade attendant. Bizarre. Had to have known someone. Had yeah. to have known. Yeah, that's had, exactly had, what he happened. He had some people in the, uh, oh, was he the, no, never mind. Go on. Well, we'll have to touch on that when we eventually do D2. But guys, thank you so much for joining me on this fine morning to talk Mighty Ducks. Where can the people follow you? Just subscribe to Circling Back. Let's have some fun. Or you can follow me at Will DeFreeze across all social networks. One of the two. Subscribe to the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash Circling Back Podcast. Check out the pod at Circling Back. Check me out on Twitter and Snap at D Carter Ruff on Instagram at DC Ruff. Tell me how wrong my takes were. I don't care. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Episodes come every Thursday. You can follow us on Twitter at big underscore screen sport on Instagram at big screen sports pod. Please remember, check out the entire blue wire sports podcasting network. We've got great podcasts for football, gambling, basketball, anything you need to get you through the, uh, through the, the week. And we'll see you next Thursday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, 
deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.